It's not just talking cards. It's a collection conversation with the pros. This is Off Center with Tony Reed. Hey, welcome back. Episode 31 of Off Center with Tony Reed. I'm joined in studio by the one and only Chad Evans. Back to where it all began here. Yeah. In eight days a week studio. That's right. Northumberland, PA. Eight Dawes, right? Yeah. We've done a lot of stuff in this building. A lot. Absolutely. Yep. So we got Dodgers great infielder Steve Sachs today. We forget about Steve Sachs. Hey, we were just talking about it off the air. He was a stud back in the day. He man. was a big deal. He was, yeah. For sure. He was born in West Sacramento, California. Starred at James Marshall High in the mid to late 70s, of course. The iconic Dodgers selected him in the ninth round of the 78 MLB draft, the year I was born. So, yeah. After seeing limited time in 81, after a late season call-up, Sachs actually earned his spot in the Dodgers infield in 82, uh, leading to a National League Rookie of the Year award that season. He's Rookie of the Year. During his time in L.A., Sachs won the premier second baseman all of baseball. After his time on the West Coast, he played for the Yankees, White Sox, and eventually the Athletics before retiring in 1994. After a decade and a half in the bigs, uh, the speedy middle infielder retires a five-time All-Star, two-time World Series champ, yeah, NL Rookie of the Year in 82, and a Silver Slugger Award winner. He actually, Sachs currently hosts his own podcast called Sachs in the Morning. It's all <laughs> over the place. Yeah. <laughs> That's a pretty solid title. So he's, he's, he's all over the place. Um, interview coming up here, just all kinds of cool stuff we talked about. Of course, seeing him, himself, seeing him himself on a baseball card for the first time. Uh, his signature on his Louisville Slugger bat. We get into that story being heckled by young fans in the Bronx, and much more. So without further ado, here's the interview with Sachs in the morning. This is Tony Reed, Beckett Media, Sports Collector's Digest, joined by five-time All-Star, two-time World Series champion, 1982 NL Rookie of the Year, and a man who looked absolutely dapper in his Hugo Boss suit recently, Mr. Steve Sachs. How's it going, sir? Good, Tony. How you doing? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. So the obvious place to start, obviously you were a high-level athlete for decades. You've signed your name countless times over the years for fans. But do you remember the very first time you were asked for an autograph? And if so, could you share the story? Well, one of the first times I was asked for an autograph that made a, a profound difference in my life, I, I should say, besides being grateful to sign uh, for fans, which I still am, um, is when I was asked to sign my autograph on a Louisville Slugger contract. Oh. Which um, which they keep forever because that's the same autograph that they put the imprint on your bats. Nice. So I had a contract like most other guys did that were that were everyday players with Louisville Slugger, and there wasn't a lot of different bat companies then. There was Louisville Slugger and maybe Adirondack, and I think that was it. And and I don't think Adirondack was given contracts. So Louisville Slugger was the one. That I had my contract with, and you know they they put the the signature on the bats, and to this day it's still there, same same autograph, and so that was one that I, I certainly remember a lot. That's definitely an impactful one for sure. That's that's really cool. So uh, obviously you played in L.A. for a long time, played New York, huge markets. Um, right. What is the most memorable single fan interaction you've had over the course of your career? Well, one of the uh, one of the ones I had was in, when I was in New York. I loved playing in New York. I think the fans are uh, very um, very in tune to what's going on. Very smart uh, sports fans, and it's not just in baseball; it's across the spectrum, including hockey. They're all over it. And this one time, we were in a rain delay, and we came out a little bit late. And I was playing catch, and uh, 
some guy in a very, very strong New York or Jersey accent. I'm not sure which one it was. Mm-hmm. But he said, hey, hey, Sachs, troll me a ball. <laughs> a bull. And I said, troll me a ball. I said, I, I was playing quick catch with Mattingly, and we did that before the games all the time. And I said, I can't right now, man. I, I'll get back to you in a second. And this is, this is my first year there. And so this guy just said into a tirade. He says, I can't believe you, man. Throw me, you can't throw me a ball. And, uh, we got rid of Willie Randolph and got you, your oh, mama, man. all this stuff. <laughs> yeah. I stopped and caught the ball and looked over. This was an eight-year-old little leaguer saying this to me. <laughs> hey, uh, hang on, wait for it, with a mustache. Yeah, and he was eight years old. And uh, I just thought, wow, this is going to be a tough place to play. <laughs> Yeah. When, when in retrospect, it turned out to be a much more calm place to play than it was maybe in, in any other place I'd played. Wow. And, I, and I know it sounds like a, a, a bit of a dichotomy when you think of you know, how tough New York is and whatever. I found it to be qu- quite the opposite. I found it um, a very welcoming place to play. Very interesting. Very interesting. So on to sports cards, baseball cards, gold fashion Baseball cards, 1979 TCMA Clinton Dodgers was your actual first card. Your rookie cards, obviously, and the bigs came in 1982 and Donruss, Fleer, and Tops, and all the big products. Do you remember seeing yourself on a card for the first time? Yes, and it was that picture that I took in Clinton, Iowa, when I was 19 years old. Hmm. Uh, I knew that we were taking pictures for something. I didn't know it was for cards. Um, and then the first time I saw that, I thought, oh, wow, you know, I got a, I got a bubblegum card now. Uh, I don't know if anybody's going to see it because it's in the Midwest League, but nonetheless, uh, it was kind of like my first entree into having a, a picture on a card. And then when the other ones came, of course, they came in, in flurries. There was all different companies that sported the cards and, and um, got them out there. So yeah. uh, it, it was a, it was an honor because when I was a kid, you know, we used to put those, uh, the ones that we didn't like, they were in the in the spokes on our, our bicycles to sound like a motor. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, the other ones you coveted, but uh, I, I always thought the, the bubblegum cards. I wonder what they're gonna, you know, what picture, which picture they're gonna take to, or choose to put on the cards. And you know, that was always a, you know, a shot in the dark. You yeah. didn't know which one they're gonna pick. Yeah. Well, that begs the question. Growing up, who was in the spokes and who who stayed in the collection? <laughs> <laughs> Well, any, anybody that was in the Giants was in the collection. Okay. Anybody that was with the Dodgers was in the spoke. Because <laughs> I, I, I grew up an anti-Dodger. I hated the Dodgers growing up. I think that's a nice political correct way of saying it, anti. Um, because I grew up north of the line of indoctrination, which is Fresno. Yeah. And if you grew up north of Fresno, you're indoctrinated to love the Giants. And that's the way it was. That's great. So we talked about cards. You said a flurry. I, I looked in the database. You have over 600 different cards produced. Do you did you hold on to any of those? I know the companies would send them oh. and made their rounds. Did, did you do you have a collection of stuff today? <laughs> you know, I, I didn't try, Tony. I didn't try to collect stuff. Um, but when I retired and I got home and I started cleaning out my closet, I thought I have a lot of stuff. I have bats. I have memorabilia. I have shirts. I have cards. I don't know where I got all this stuff. I, it just kind of jumped on me, I guess. I guess <laughs> over the over the years, you kind of, you know, take this, or well, I'll take that, maybe I'll keep this thing. And you don't realize it until you're done. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's like when you move. I think one of the things was when I sold a house and I moved to another house, you don't realize how much stuff you have until <laughs> you do that. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so, oh, yeah, good. I'm sorry. 
you know, I was just going to say, I, I do, I do, relatively speaking, have you know quite a bit of stuff, and I didn't, I didn't try to become a collector, but I do have some good stuff. Do you, do you have it displayed? Like, do you have an office or a room, a man cave, quote unquote, I, I anything like that? I, I don't really have that. Um, I'm, a, I'm a single man, and my kids are out of my house, so I don't really have to designate any place to get a man cave. My, my whole <laughs> house is kind of like you know, just kind of wherever I want. And well, then you I win. You win the ultimate, right? <laughs> That's the... <laughs> yes, I do. And I do have, I do have a little trophy case in, in, in one of my living rooms. It's, it's not very big. It's in the corner, and you have to actually search it out to find it. I have my World Series trophies kind of obviously put, but other than that, I really don't have a lot of baseball stuff yeah. throughout my house. I have it kind of in the back. Okay, so we're talking about we talked about cards as a kid and collecting. What athletes in particular inspired you? Were there certain players whose cards you had to have? Whose, you know, if only the cover of the magazine you were grabbing it, poster on the wall. Who who were the guys you really oh. gravitated towards? Well, I, I I was a huge Giants fan, as I said. And, yeah. You know, if any, anything Willie Mays or Willie McCovey, those are my two favorite players. And I was also a big Chris Spire fan. You know, remember Chris Spire? Yeah, absolutely. Giants. Yeah, and then I got to play against them, and I, I went up to him and I sheepishly told him one time, "Man, you were my you're one of my favorite players growing up, and can't believe I'm playing against you today." And he thought it was pretty funny. <laughs> uh, but so anything Giants was good, and uh, of course, you know, I was I was just out of the Mickey Mantle era. He we retired just before, you know, I was able to know what was going on. But uh, he was another guy that you know that was recently retired that everybody was after to get a card, yeah. trying to get that kind of a card. Of course, absolutely. That's a, so the, the jersey swap, that's kind of a, a new generational thing, a new tradition, I guess, if that makes any sense to say it that way. If you could go back to your career, stop someone after a game or maybe in the clubhouse or wh- wherever the case may be, who would you say, hey, do you mind if we, if we swap jerseys here? <laughs> oh, gosh. I mean, there, there's, there's a lot of guys I could, I could say that with. I mean, I would have done it with Steve Garvey or Dusty Baker uh, you know, George Brett, there's, there's a lot of guys, you know, Tony Gwynn, there's, there's so many guys that were just, you know, Kirby Puckett that I played against, um, that, that I gladly would have uh, swapped out, you know, um, I, I batted against Ferguson Jenkins, mm. I mean, Hall of Famer that I had on my podcast recently. Um, so there was, I, I played in the era where there were so many unbelievably great players, true Hall of Famers mm. that, yeah, I would have gladly swapped out lots of jerseys for that i i think they would have been really on the uh, the worst end of the swap <laughs> yeah. i don't know your your window of you your performance there was that like five six year window where you you played as well as as anybody around sir well uh thank you and, <laughs> uh yeah i mean I, I was i was grateful for the time i got to play and you know I think another thing that helped me, Tony, is I was on some really good teams. When you play on good teams, it makes you a better player. It's just, it's, it's, you wonder how can that happen? Don't you have to still get up there and hit on your own? Yes, but when you play on really good teams, everybody is a better player. Mm. You just, it just happens that way, you know? So I, I, uh, I was fortunate to play with some, like I said, the era I played in was a really talented area. Uh, era for baseball when my rookie year when i won the rookie of the year we had we had a net and uh, that season was up for rookie of the year <clears throat> steve Adrosian, <clears throat> julie davis ryan sandberg hmm. myself uh, there was uh johnny ray and 
on down the line. There was yeah. there was like any of us could have been Rick, any of those guys could have been Ricky of the Year that year. Yeah. Anybody. Some great names. I'm a Pirates fan, so Johnny Ray stood out to me on that list. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Love Johnny Ray. See, I played against him. I played against Sandberg and Johnny Ray. And, and the funny thing is, is I was I was fans of those guys. Yeah. But, you know, I was still a fan of the game. I was four years out of high school, three or four years out of high school. So when I see when I play against him or see him play on TV, you know, I was a fan of Johnny Ray. He was yeah. I like to I like to watch play, you know. Yeah. So he was a good player. Yeah, for sure. So speaking of, I, I remember speaking of just random stuff. Eaton Park is a is a big uh, restaurant, quote unquote, here, and I still have my Johnny Ray Eaton Park bag from a game my dad took me to, probably in 1987 or something ridiculous. Nice, nice. that's great. <laughs> the yeah, go- the goofy Ray memories that you remember, right? That's just <laughs> Johnny Ray from Oklahoma, right? Yeah, yeah. around Oklahoma City, I think somewhere. <laughs> yeah, uh, I think he came out of college at a junior college or somewhere. Anyway, he was a switch hitter and a, and, a, and a really, really good player. Yeah. So one of the other things I like to do is called card back Q&A. So I actually went back, flipped over the backs of a few of your cards. There were always fun, you know, pieces of information, tidbits and, and things. I have two or three questions, and I'll, I'll just read the card back, and you can give me your, your thoughts on the statement. <laughs> okay, sure. So we talked about Willie Mays and some of the people you admired. The back of your 86 Fleer stated that Pete Rose was always someone you looked up to and appreciated how they played. If that's true, what, what was it that drew you to, to Charlie Hustle? Okay, uh, Pete Rose was a guy that I admired, uh, and I liked his style of play. The, the thing I liked about him is he didn't seem to play for the money. Hmm. Uh, he was a guy that, that loved the game. I mean, I loved his hustle and, and the fact that you know, he was kind of a, a, an overachiever. If Pete Rose went to a tryout camp at that age, he might not even get drafted. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. he was he had below average power. He had below average arm. He he wasn't a fast runner, um, and he didn't. He was not a five tool player, but you know, he turned out to be one of the greatest players ever. Yeah. Because of his heart and his tenacity, and that's that's what I like. Because I was definitely an overachiever. I wasn't as talented as as a lot of guys were, and I had to kind of. Baseball was hard for me. It was a hard game to play. It was very difficult for me to play baseball, and I had to, I had to really, uh, I had to really gut out a lot of things. Even when I ran, it, it it didn't come easy. I think my running was a big part of my game, but I had to work at it. You know, mm. so it, none of it was easy for me. Yeah. You say in running, I'm just thinking of the, the, the flipping over the card and seeing the stolen bases total. I mean, you hung there with anybody in the league. You know, it was. And today you would have led the league a lot of years with, you know, yeah. 40, 50, 60 steals. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they just, I think that's going to come back, Tony. I hope it does because speed is such a exciting element of the game. Yeah. Like that's why people say, well, baseball's boring, it's long. It's You know, that's because there's not enough speed they use in the game. The speed moves the game along, yeah. and you don't, you don't see enough of that today. Yeah, so the back of your 1990 Tops big card stated that one of your favorite pastimes is playing the drums. Is that true? That's absolutely true. I love playing the drums. Um, I'm going to start a new career when I'm done with this. I'm going to become a drummer. uh, I'm going to become a a drummer in a classic rock band, I think, and uh, off I go. (laughs) There you go. 80-year-old drummer someday. No, I I do like playing the drums. I started when I was nine years old. I played in school band. I played. I've got to do some celebrity sit-ins with some bands like the Beach Boys and Tracy Lawrence and some of those. And so I've uh, I've always liked playing the drums. I'm I'm okay at it. I know I could be a lot better if I played more, 
but um, I can play the basic steps okay and get away with it. Yeah, very cool, very cool. So the back of your 1990 Little Big Leaguers card, yes, that that exists. <laughs> I remember that. Yeah, it stated that you promised to hit a home run for your father, who was who was extremely ill, and you went out and literally hit your your first home run. Is that is that true too? Absolutely true. I'm looking wow. at the ball right now. Really? I'm looking at the ball. So this story was, I'll make it really quick. I'm not going to make a long story here, but <laughs> my dad was, uh, had heart disease, and this was right before I signed with the Dodgers. I um, I, uh, I promised my dad I'd hit a home run for him when he was in the hospital, and he was going to get ready for heart surgery, and it was in American Legion, and it was the weekend I'd already been drafted. I couldn't sign because there was an all-star game on the following Wednesday. I was drafted on a Wednesday. The all-star game in high school was the following Wednesday. So <laughs> if I would have signed, I couldn't play because I'd have been a professional and I couldn't play in the game. So long story short is I wanted to wait one week and I and, and so I was still an amateur and I was able to play in this game uh, in American Legion baseball. And I told my dad, I said, Dad, we have a doubleheader in the ballpark that you played in in high school wow. at Clark Field in Woodland. Actually, I'm going to Woodland tonight. And I told my dad, I said, I'm going to hit a home run for you today, Dad, in one of these games. So I was batting third, and it was my first time up in the first game, the first pitch I saw all night. I swung, and I hit a home run, and I signed the ball and gave it to my dad, and I wrote, I kept my promise. I gave it to my dad. So that's true. That's that's like a a made-for-TV movie right there. (laughs) It it actually happened. It actually happened. And I wasn't a home run hitter, you know, so – I, it just uh, it just turned out that God was with me on that one, and it, it happened. Yeah, so pretty cool interview with Steve, a super personable guy. Like we said, he was a you know young superstar athlete in L.A. in his prime, just a, probably quite a time to be alive, if you will. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, the Louisville Slugger story was cool because I asked all the guys about you know their most memorable autograph experience and things like that, and his was the signature that they used to – I guess embroider his Louisville Slugger bat that appeared on you know on all the bats, countless yeah. you know Steve Sachs bats over the years. So that was that was the first time anyone ever brought that up. So that was kind of yeah, that's kind that's of a neat. kind of a cool answer. And <laughs> the young fan in the Bronx, he was getting heckled. He you know, started playing for the Yankees, playing in pinstripes, you know, and he's throwing long toss and warming up, and he he's getting heckled, getting heckled. Looks over. Kids like it's a twelve-year-old kid using every every word in the book. Sax is like he had a mustache, and he couldn't have been more than twelve. Just he's getting it early, man. That's how it is in New York, and that's in the, especially the Bronx. That's 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 the way of life. I love those kind of stories. They never forget that <laughs> yeah. kind of stuff. That's so fun. So uh, obviously, we do our, our classic buy it now. Um, the two thousand and four SP prospects, which was a higher end product. There's a Steve Sachs, Cal Ripken, Ryan Sandberg, Kurt Gibson quad autograph, all autographed on the same card, numbered to 10. That's like the, well, I'm cheating a little bit, but that's kind of the Steve Sachs item online. You're going to pay at least three figures to get that. So great, great card. Speaking of cards, cardboard, his 1982 signed and slab rookie cards go for about 60 bucks. You can okay. Okay. Legit autograph, Steve. He was on the classic 1982 tops where it was the, the, not the vertical, it was the horizontal with yes. two other prospects. You know, the, yep. so he was on one of those with, um, I'm going to say Mike Morgan and I can't think it's escaping me now. But yeah, so anyhow, Steve Sachs, Dodgers, great. That's Multi-time cool. all-star. He led the league in steals. He was right. That was part of our conversation too. Like he was 
nobody steals more than 30 bases a year anymore. He was stealing 50, 60, 70. It's a different Henderson game. and Vince yeah. Coleman were over 100. They're like He would be like doubling up anybody in the league now. It's just crazy how yeah. the game's changed in that, in that aspect. Oh, for but, sure. So. Yeah. But it's good to hear Steve Sachs doing well. Yeah, he is doing well. So that was a fun episode. We got okay. another one coming, of course. What do we got? Atlanta Falcons wide receiver. Oh, baby. You know who we're going with. Oh, the, yeah. The bad boy, the iconic Andre Risen. The other nine, uh, the other number 80. <laughs> <laughs> well, we talked a little bit about he He definitely makes it a point to talk about uh, that whole situation being next to the goat. So, wow. Yeah. Awesome. We'll, we'll get to that next episode. Episode 32 coming up next.